Good to see you on a nice cold morning, man. You got up with your families. Kids are in the room. Where are the kids at? Come on, let me hear you, y'all. Come on, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to talk about something that I know applies to all of us. It doesn't matter if you're in this room, if you're watching online, I think you will relate to today's message. But get ready, all right? Strap up your seatbelt and let's get on the ride. Here is my first point. I have a confession to make right up front. And I have a feeling I'm not the only one that can relate to this. But I love food. Is anybody with me? Come on, where y'all at? Come on. So here's the deal. Especially this time of year, there's something about all of the food that you can partake in. And I'm not talking about Christmas and I'm not talking about Thanksgiving. I am talking about the Louisiana State Fair. I know many of you hadn't gone out there, but let me just show you these corn dogs, all right? Every year, the staff sends out a text and says, it's corn dog day, so who wants to go? This is the small group that participated. Notice everyone's overweight except for Ray. Can I get an amen now? We love food. That's just who we are, man. We love eating. It's part of who we are as a staff. It's part of who we are as humans, and it is a ton of fun. It's a big part of our culture. Any time of the year is good for us, too. Uh, even as a staff, we got away, went down to the beach, thanks to the Bacchus family. We were having a great time down there. We even had a chocolate chip cookie contest, okay? So every night we would get together and eat a little something. But on one special night, Julie Mitchell is very famous for her jookies, which is a Julie cookie, or a chookie, which is a chip cookie. And we had a contest to see which one we liked best. And honestly, I could eat both of them as long as I had some milk. Can I get an amen somewhere? Come on. Chocolate chips, milk, man, it's just fun. We have a good time. And I got bad news for you, all right? It is right around the, right around the corner that holidays will equal more and more food. So I'm trying to lose a little weight, and this little equation right here is not good because in our culture, we have a lot of our life that revolves around food choices. Matter of fact, some of you are saying, hurry up, Justin. I'm ready to go eat right now. Hold your horses. We got some work to do. Because we're going to need you today. And this is a very special day in Simple Church. We do it once a year. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Because the holidays really do mean food for everybody. And this, when I look at this little picture list and I start walking through, for our birthdays, for example, uh, we always as a family have special food. And you get to choose what meal you want that day. Ours is always beef tips and rice. My mom started a long time ago. That's what happens in our family. You got 4th of July. You got hamburgers. And, of course, you got the Super Bowls, a big eating day, whether your team's in it or not. But then I got to give a little love to Honey Baked Ham. Can you give us a little love for Honey Baked Ham right there? Because Easter, right around the corner, you can get it for Thanksgiving as well. But Bill and Cindy... Uh, long-time friends, they own it, uh, Simple Church people, but they helped us out because we were feeding some football teams this past week, and they came through in a big way for us. So I just appreciate anybody who knows how to solve some problems, especially when you can solve those problems by giving them some food. So thank you for helping us make that happen. So you're probably trying to guess, where are we going today? Well, you've had enough clues, but let me give you a few more. Can you guess the number one TV network in America? 
not channel, because some of you are going, oh, I know the, no, no. It moved from a channel to a network. You probably already figured it out, but guess what it is? It's the food network. Now, if you don't believe me and you're trying to work through that, you can go online and you can look at the Nielsen ratings and all the little statistics they put out. And I found this when I did that. Overall, number one cable network among a certain age groups. So I'm thinking, man, ESPN and all these other things. No, man, more people are watching food than you can possibly imagine. Now, some of you are saying, why? Well, maybe because they like looking at Giada. You know what I'm saying? That's not a bad reason. You tune into it. But this is the truth. Yes, they got some great hosts. And yes, you can only watch them prepare the meals. You can only, you know, see it from a distance. You can't necessarily participate. And they even asked and did a little survey how many people actually cook it. Not very many. They just like watching it get prepared. And you can't even smell it being cooked. But still, there's something that connects with us as Americans to watching these people cook these great meals and participate in that. And maybe the reason why is because all of us have a connection to food. And when I tell you we got a connection, it's a high dollar connection. Over $1 billion will be spent on turkeys this Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let me say that again. $1 billion with a B. Now, that is unbelievable, but it is factual. You can go and look and see how many turkeys are consumed, but then you start looking at the price of how much we pay. You can smoke them, you can fry them, you can do all kinds of things, but we're going to eat a lot of turkey. So beyond the holidays, though, we still have this food connection that I showed you, birthdays, 4th of July, all these different holidays that revolve around food. But it, our budget also revolves around it. Now, this is a little bit old as far as data. And as I was looking through all this, $7,000 a year, some believe it's up to $15,000 a year for your family to buy all the food. For me, it would be about $18,000 because I do not see Little Debbie as a category in here. But... Everybody has certain foods and certain things you like. And if you've gone to the grocery store, it's expensive. So the more money you make, the more you spend. And then sometimes, especially if you're an American, you don't want to cook at all at the house. You want to eat out. Can I get some love on that? Yeah, of course you do. $50 billion worth. More than likely, when you leave here, you're going to grab some kind of meal out. Most people don't cook roast at home and go home as a family anymore like we did many, many years ago. It's like, hey, where are we eating? Where are we eating? Even me, my life group, some of my guys, where are we eating after this? It's just part of our culture. So it's no wonder that we are also one of the fattest nations in the world. That shouldn't shock you. But believe it or not, we're not number one. We're number three. You got Saudi Arabia and Egypt. They outpaced us a little bit here. Don't worry. We get the bronze medal still. And if you feel really confident about that and you go, well, we weren't the worst in the world, be careful because here it is by state. We're the fourth fattest state in the U.S., so that doesn't, you know, surprise anybody. But as you start looking around and you start thinking about your life and your friends and our culture, food's a big part of it. I mean, it makes us overweight. We spend too much on it. I'm overweight. I spend too much on it. And then this is the one that I'm really guilty of and our family's really guilty of. Guess who wastes the most food in the world? Well, you'd probably say the U.S., but we'd be close if you look at this, we're third because China and India are a little bit ahead of us. But the only reason they are is because their populations are larger than ours. So we go out to eat, you know what I'm saying? You bring home your to-go orders. My kids are the worst at this. It'll be full of all these to-go orders. They never eat it and then we throw it away. My mom used to always say, you probably heard your mom say, clean your plates. They're starving kids over there. You need to do everything. And then we'd walk to the garbage disposal and rake it off. Gone. 
To-go containers, garbage disposal, we waste a lot. How much do we waste, Justin? You ready for this? 80 billion pounds. Think about that in America. We have so much, and yet we waste so much. So then all of the great, you know, smart people out there, well, they started coming up with ways that we wouldn't waste so much food. Y'all remember this right here, the old Coelomatic? <laughs> this is old school, son, but you'd go back there and you could, you know, dry freeze, you can seal, you can do all stuff. If you can see it on Ronco, y'all remember the old Ronco guy? We'd spend our money on it. We're like, we spend our money on food, we spend our money on trying to save food. We've got all these things going on. So then when we don't use either one of them, we waste the food and the money. My wife got a bread maker. I'll never forget that she was so excited. But I think we made one loaf of bread because she was just, it just didn't taste good. And then you think about all the money we spent on the equipment and the ingredients, and then we don't really use it. So as we gather today, we're approaching the holiday season. You're looking back at your life. You're, I'm personally looking at the scale going, my goodness. Here is one little thought that I put just for us all to kind of wrap our heads around. If you look at Americans, we eat we spend, we watch, and we waste a lot of food. Now, you're probably saying, well, who cares, Justin? I mean, that's just part of it. That's American culture and whatever. It doesn't really matter. Well, here's why it matters, and this is why I'm glad you're here today, and this is why you got to get the Jesus side of things before we just go, well, it's American way. But Jesus challenges. He puts out a big challenge, and this one's tough. It's found in Matthew 25, one of the most difficult, challenging passages you'll find in Scripture. Because it relates to me and you and everybody in this room and all of us watching online. Matthew 25, check this out. Then the king will say to those on his right, enter, you have been blessed, right? By my father, take what's coming to you. The kingdom is yours. It's been ready since the world's foundation. And here's why. Now, before we move on, let's think about this. This is the moment you get to heaven. This is the moment that we receive God's kingdom. What will that be based on? Sunday school attendance or singing songs or Bible memorization? No, none of these things. That we spent most of our life thinking that that's what it's all about. Why does Simple Church make a day happen like today? Here's why. Matthew 25 continues. Because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. So next week we're going to be talking about water. But today, let's don't move too quick. Let's talk about food for a minute. This is what really blows my mind because growing up in church, we didn't talk about this. I can never, ever, ever recall a Sunday where my pastor got up and said, hey guys, this is what we really need to be con concerned with. This is where we really got to put some energy into. No, it was everything but this. I don't even remember this being preached or taught growing up. But this is the one chapter that really jumps to the front of the line when it talks about the judgment. Of Jesus. He don't talk about judgment a lot, but when he does, this is it. He's like, hey, you really want to know how heaven is kind of laying out here, kind of how this whole thing shakes out? And this messes with a lot of theologians. So if you're a theologian and you're smart and you're going, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. No, you just really marinate on this one because this one's tough. So then the questions continue in Matthew 25 when it goes on. He says, Master, what are you talking about? This is Jesus telling the story of going, hey, let me tell you how you're going to get into the kingdom of heaven, what this is going to look like, how it's going to be a part of the story. When did we ever see you hungry and when did we feed you? I don't know. When did we see you thirsty? When did we give you a drink? These would be good questions. It's like, hey, when did we do this? I don't even remember doing this. Then the king will say, I'm telling you the truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone 
overlooked or ignored. That was me. You did it for me. See, here's our problem in America, and I am the worst. Put me at the top of the list. We're not really thinking about them when we go to the restaurant. We're not thinking about them when we go to the grocery store. When you go, them, who's them? The overlooked and the ignored. That's why they're overlooked and ignored. A translation you may be familiar with is the least of these. The people that we kind of get marginalized. It's kind of on the outskirts. We just don't really want to think about that because you know why? It'll mess your meal up. That's why you turn the channel. That's why you don't want to talk about it. That's why preachers don't preach on it because it's not very convenient. It's not very encouraging because most of the times we are the ones that are overlooking and ignoring. So if you go, well, Justin, can you help me with that? Listen, I'm working through it just like you, but I am going to help you. And I'm going to help you because I'm going to show you someone who is overlooked and I'm going to expose you to those that have been ignored in a recent news story. NBC News probably figured this out. There's a war going on. War's going on over, over there. We don't think about it. We make jokes about it. You know, we kind of lightly sometimes pray about it. But truthfully, it doesn't impact us very much, so it's not in the forefront of our mind. But if you get close to that region in a country like Africa who depends on the grain that comes out of Ukraine, then all of a sudden it begins to be very serious. And so NBC, the, all different broadcasters obviously did it, but I found one on NBC. And the reason I pulled it is because although this is not exactly where my child is sponsored, who we talked about that last week, it still gives you an idea of what the war is doing when it comes to food to that region. And most of the time we hear the news story and we move on, but I'm trying to bring you to focus on it for just a little while because Jesus just read in Matthew 25, we just read this, he's going, hey, don't ignore them. Don't overlook them. And I can get it why you change the channels. is because when you see this, it should break our heart. Watch. These children and their mothers in East Africa are thousands of miles from Ukraine. But the conflict has reached even them. Like little Losiki, now in the hospital because he's so sick and underfed. Russia's President Putin this week again threatened to stop ships full of staple foods bound for Africa from passing through a Russian blockade of the Black Sea. We flew to northern Kenya and visited this UNICEF-supported hospital where we met Leia and severely malnourished Sarah. Leia says all of her livestock, which she relied on to feed her family, died in the worsening drought here. How many meals a day do you have at home? Just one, she says. Mary Aya from Sudan is here with four-month-old son, Basco. She told me she had no milk for her baby. Mary Aya says life is much harder than it ever was. She has to decide which of her children get food. As groups like the World Food Programme fight to feed 22 million facing starvation here, primarily caused by drought now in its fifth year. Food from Ukraine will be crucial. Every time a young patient dies, this nurse tells me. I feel like I've lost. It's like I, I'm the one who has lost that child. It's tough to look at, but I think this is what Jesus was talking about. Can you imagine when we walk out of here, you're going out to eat and you go, let's decide who eats today. If you're a grandparent, you're taking your kids out, your grandkids out, you're like, well, only one of you is going to get to eat today. 
Even more, you, you heard it. This is not like 20 years ago. This is right now. This is happening. Can you imagine you get one meal a day, and what you probably miss in that, and I'll show you a little bit later in this talk, one meal is usually one cup of food, not a big heaping plate. There's drought, there's war, and here we are most of the time getting ready for $1 billion spent on turkey that most of us will rake into the garbage can or put into go containers, take it home, and never eat it because I'm speaking to me. So some of you go, well, Justin, okay, I, I get it. I get your point, but why should I help? Well, this is probably the most difficult part of this passage, still found in Matthew 25. Jesus goes on to say, hey, I don't want you to miss the overlooked, the ignored. And kids, this is why I'm so glad you're in here. You're going to be better at it than us. You, I hope you will hear this, apply this, and carry it on and change the world. Because if kids don't get it, then, man, I don't know if anybody's going to get it. Parents, thank you for bringing them. Grandparents, thanks for being here because this is why it matters. The king will say, the truth is, anything you refuse to do for any of my people here on earth, you refuse to do it for me. He said, hey, so when you see that hunger and you go, turn the channel, I ain't helping on that. I don't want to give them a penny. I'm not going to give them a dollar. I just, we're too tight right now. He said, okay, you're refusing to help me, which that's pretty heavy. But then it gets even heavier. Then the evil people will go away to be punished forever. Who's the evil people? The ones that wouldn't help. That's pretty tough. That's ain't me. Take it up with Jesus. Don't get mad at me. Don't send me an email. Write a letter. You go read Matthew 25. This is the heaviest stuff you can read. Because he's saying, it's so important to me. I'm going to even call you evil when you ignore it. And I'm going to punish you. This is pretty tough. Forever? Yikes. But the godly, who's godly? The ones that go, hey, man, I care. I'm not going to ignore them. I'm not going to overlook it. I'm going to pull a little bit of money out. I'm going to give a little bit of time to help solve it. You will go and enjoy eternal life. Now, if you don't believe me, if you kind of go, I just don't know, go read the whole chapter. This is the stuff that messes with me. This is why in the simple church over 15 years, I keep messing with you. I can't get over it. I don't want to ignore it. And I want us to lead our kids and our families to a place where they go, okay, we have a chance. We have been blessed. We are in America. We're the greatest country in the world. Thank God for our veterans. We celebrate them because without them, we have no freedom. We don't have the blessings we have. We have so much to be grateful for. We have so much food, so much access to food. You can go to fast food, supermarkets. You've got all these different things going on. And yes, there's still hunger in our area. But let me tell you this. That's why we also help in our area. Backpack food programs, helping the hub, helping the rescue mission. Why do we put money into all of these different things? Juarez, Mexico, we're fixing to go and distribute food down there. When we were in Guatemala, we distributed food over there. Honduras, we provide water and we food. All, why would we do all these things? Why wouldn't we care about other stuff? Why? Because the fact is this, that there are millions of people that are hungry today. From Allendale to Africa, that's the truth. And when we start trying to figure this out, most of us go, man, well, all right, well, what do you want me to do? Here's the good news. Every one of us, all of us can do something. You know the simple church. You know who I am. You know what I push to try to lead you to do. You know who we are. You know what it is to be Christ-like. 
to follow Jesus calls us to go, okay, what can we do? Let's solve the problem. Let's be a part of the solution. And kids, this is why I am so thankful you're in the room today because you inspire us. You're the ones, young people, that know and see the need and go, I'm not going to be ignoring that. Or I'm not going to overlook that. You would go to mom and go, hey, what are we going to do about this? This is why I'm glad you're here. And to prove my point, I'll show you a very small child that could not ignore it and that would not overlook it. And as a result, a lot of love has been shown. Watch. He's faster than a speeding stroller, more adorable than a wet kitten, and able to get a stranger's attention with a single courtesy. Excuse me? This is America's latest superhero. Don't forget to show love. And the only superhero with the power to feed the homeless. Now, why do you do that? You know what, Mr. Steve? It's just the right thing to do. Is it? Yes. You want honey? By day, Austin Pirine is a mild-mannered four-year-old from Birmingham, Alabama. But about once a week, he turns into this alter ego. Would you like a sandwich? A superhero set on feeding as many homeless people as possible. Thank you. What's your superhero name? President Austin. Uh-huh. President Austin. President Austin. President Austin. That's his idea of what the president is supposed to do. I was like, buddy, you have no idea. <laughs> but hey, I'm going along with it. TJ says this all began when they were watching a TV show about pandas. It showed a mama panda abandoning a baby. TJ told his son the cub was now homeless. He says, what's homeless? I said, well, it's when you don't have a home and sometimes you don't have mom or dad around. I can tell what the follow-up question is going to be. Yeah, are people homeless? When I was a four-year-old, I didn't care about helping people. I did. I see. Once Austin learned some people are homeless and some are even hungry, he launched this caped crusade. Told his mom and dad that he wanted all his allowance and money they would spend on toys to go toward chicken sandwiches instead. Oh, thank you, baby. You're welcome. Don't forget to show love. After he gives out each sandwich, yes. he gives each person that same bit of advice. Don't forget to show love. Don't forget to show love, he tells them. And most do, immediately. Well, thank you. It warms my heart to see him. It will warm anyone's heart. Yeah, he really did, man. Raymond Boss says this kid gives him hope. That's, that's, that's where it starts. Don't forget to show love. Everyone who meets Austin leaves with hope. Which is why, with any luck, someday President Austin won't be a superhero anymore. Being the homeless is the highlight of my life. He'll just be a president. All right, come on, Austin. Steve Hartman on the road in Birmingham, Alabama. Come on, y'all, give that baby some love. <laughs> Kids, do you get it? If that little boy don't go to his daddy and say, we got to do something, then maybe nothing gets done. So when this service is over, if you say, hey, no, I think we need to go help, and they're going, well, we need to hurry. We need to Maybe you can have influence on them. So right now you're going, Justin, you dirty son. Make my kids turn on me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. 1 John 3, 18. My children, because adult, it's almost like we're kids because you ain't listening. Your love can't just be words and talk. Well, you know I love those people. You know I'm loving Jesus. You know I love everybody. Okay. Our love has to be real. Well, how's it real? You show it by the things you do. 
if you don't remember any other scripture, get this one down. Let that, you know, kind of marinate in there with you. And the reason why is because church, so many times it's like, man, we talk it. and Oh, yeah, that's right. But then nobody does anything. But every once in a while, when you see something being done, you're like, okay, man, that's good. I spent most of the morning over there with them all packing right now, dude. I'm telling you, it's good. You go, man, this is good. Feels good. I did ask. Not a lot of people have given yet, so I'm just asking you. In a minute, I'm going to talk about that. If, I want you to serve, but we got to raise some money too. So, man, if you can give it, do it. Why? Because it ain't coming to us. I don't talk about money in this church with, on, a, on Sunday morning on this stage unless I'm giving all of it away. And that's what we're doing today. From Do Good Store to out there, what we're doing in the next door. And I'm going to prove to you why that's important because talk is cheap. If you see the need, you got to meet the need. If we're about loving God, loving people, and solving problems, you got to solve the problem, but you got to open your eyes to the problems. And sometimes those problems are around you, right in front of you. i got one more story for you. Steve Hartman, once again, brings it home for us. Because if you're in America, it's easy to turn and look the other way. But boy, if we could all just see it, if we could all just have empathy, if we could all just care, yes, for people halfway around the world, but maybe even those neighbors right there next to us. One more story on food and how we can help be a part of solving the problem. Watch. I thought I had reported on every subject imaginable until this week when I traveled to Attleboro, Massachusetts. All right, let's talk SpaghettiOs. Okay. It's the first interview I've ever begun like that. <laughs> this is Crystal McDonald. You never know where life will lead you to. Crystal's unlikely obsession with canned pasta began after the birth of her daughter, Ashlyn. Ashlyn is autistic. And earlier this year, she stopped eating food altogether with the sole exception of SpaghettiOs and meatballs. Teachers and therapists were working to expand her palate when the pandemic hit, clearing grocery store shelves of a lot more than just toilet paper. Couldn't find SpaghettiOs anywhere. It was like they were there one day and the next they were gone. Well, wait, wait, why was there a run on SpaghettiOs? I don't know if people thought like if the world ended, you could survive on SpaghettiOs. I just know that I was losing my mind trying to find them. And that's when the miracle happened. Like prepackaged manna from heaven, SpaghettiOs just started showing up. On her doorstep, in the mail, hundreds of cans from people in the community who'd heard about Ashlyn in the local paper and wanted to help. If it wasn't for the kindness of people like that, we would not have gotten by. Hi. When you have a child with special needs, their future is always in the back of your mind. Who's going to take care of them when I get old? And to see people come out and embrace us gave me so much hope that they will love her and take care of her when I'm not here. SpaghettiOs is hardly a culinary cause celeb. <laughs> but in this home, at least, every can is now fortified with faith in humanity. Steve Hartman on the road in Attleboro, Massachusetts. Come on, y'all, one more. You know, I sit there and I think about this American mom and saying, who's going to take care of my kids and how am I going to meet her needs? And Steve said, like, prepackaged manna from heaven. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, aren't all of those thoughts kind of heavy? A mom that's going, I don't know where the food's coming from. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
And then because, just like on maybe a day like today, somebody shared a post or somebody told somebody and they did the right thing. They spent a few dollars to keep hope alive by buying SpaghettiOs and dropping them off at this lady's house. Just a few dollars to keep hope alive. Now, thank God we live in America because there's a store that you can go buy it. Or there's a fast food, as in the first story, that you can run by Burger King and buy a few sandwiches and hand them out. But this is why I'm glad you're here today. All of that to set up why I need your help, why we need your help, and why Jesus is asking for our help. Because what about the kids and the families that do not have a store to run to, a fast food restaurant to drive through? For those families in Rwanda where we sponsor a lot of kids that don't have any way to have access to food, they have no way to get it. Now, how do I know this? In 2009, my first trip, this is what the village did when we pulled up in our van. They surrounded our van, not because it was Mzungu Maninis, white Americans, fat white Americans, by the way. It was because they thought we might have bags of food. And people began to come from everywhere, thousands Brian Reed, Donnie, and me, and Bill Allred, and Bill McConthy, we begin to feed these kids that one cup. That one cup is all they get for one day. One cup, one day. And all of these street kids had no families, no mamas to take care of them because some had died, some had left them because they could only manage so many kids, so they kicked some kids out. And I told you last week, but I can still hear the sound of that cup being tapped on that bench, just like we do in Icy, to get every drop out. But it's a little bit different. It's not a little after-school snack. It's life. It's their one meal for the day. Prepackaged manna from heaven. And I got good news for you. You go, Justin, what kind of good news? Well, you can be the hope that they need. You can provide that hope. And not only is it hope, you can provide life. And you go, well, how am I going to do that? Prepackaged manna from heaven. We partnered with an organization called Kids Around the World this year. And the reason we did is because Rwanda, Africa specifically, is in a drought and a food crisis. And there's no one running to the store for them. As you saw in the video I showed earlier, Ukraine and the battle and the war that's going on there, their source of food that was close is cut off. And there's a lot of mamas, like that American mama and like those African mamas you saw in that video going, I don't know how this is going to work. And here, halfway around the world, unbeknownst to them, you have a chance to provide hope by a little bit of money and a little bit of time. And you know the best part of this? It don't come to Simple Church at all. It 100% goes to feed kids and help moms and dads that are in a bind. So if you walk out of here and go, here we go, it was the money Sunday. Don't say it was for us. But I dare you to go tell the world out there that there's kids that are starving. We see the news. We know the war is real. We know that the drought's going on. We have it on the Mississippi River. Can you imagine that drought on the Mississippi River cutting off all your food? And then you're going, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this happen? And then here we are in America where we're fixing to spend $1 billion on turkeys. Can you give a couple of dollars? 
Can you give us a little bit of time and maybe help us? And you go, what's the goal, Justin? Here it is. Cost us $25,000 and we're packing 80,000 meals today. Whether you give or not, the Simpler Church cutting a check for 25 grand. 100% of that money will go to the 80,000 meals that will provide for our kids in Africa and to those families. And it's about $3 a meal. It's not too bad. I mean, you can't do that here in America anymore. They don't even have a happy meal for $3. But here we can. We can. And I, what some of your saying is like, well, Jess, that's a lot of money, man. $25,000, man, I need the lottery to win that. I'm like, well, I wish you'd have won it because you said you was going to tithe. That's all I, I know. But you didn't because God knew you ain't me going to tithe. You're like, man, I was going to, but, man, I don't know if I could do it. So I'm not asking you to win the lottery. What I am asking, though, is for you to maybe give up one meal as a family and put that towards this food. Or if you're a single person, maybe a month of Starbucks. Don't have the special latte one time a week through the next month and maybe put that money towards it. I'm telling you, we're not taking any of it. We got kids that are starving. And why it matters to me is I know these kids. I've seen these kids. And you sponsor a lot of these kids. So for us to partner with kids around the world to be able to provide a package of meals, it goes a long way. And guess what? If we're able to do this today, it will provide food for a solid year for every kid that is in school. Now think about that. Just by us giving a little bit of time, a little bit of energy, we can actually feed these kids. There's no cafeteria program like we have in the States. No, there's you and I coming through with the product and then volunteers coming in to cook it because they know how important it is for kids to eat. Vitamins are in here, all the nu you know, nutrients that they need. And why it messes with me and why I put a whole Sunday to it, why I, would, I didn't want kids going upstairs and missing it. I want you all in the room. I know it's inconvenient. You can, well, I thought I was going to drop my kid. No, your kids need to know just like my kids need to know. We all need to be together on this. And you go, well, why? It's because you may not be able to go to Rwanda, but we are going a lot. You may not understand it, but we want to try to help you understand it. Because I'm going to show you a video now when we were there this past year because I was reflecting on what happens when I go. And I'm standing in the very school where a little packet like this changed my perspective and why we made a commitment to every year do our very best to help feed these kids. Here's a story of what happened just a few years ago. Watch. Just a few years ago, we walked into this school campus having no idea what was about to happen. We got out of the van, we started looking at all the smiles, all these kids eating this great food, and we made our way to the kitchen, and guess what we found? The boxes that we packed in Shreveport, Bossier. And we had no idea they were gonna land in Rwanda, that they would end up in this school. But when we saw the smiles, and we saw the kids enjoying their life and celebrating a great meal, it reminded us just how important a food packing event like this is. So for many of you, if you're wondering, why do we do this? It's because it really does matter. There are thousands and thousands of kids every day in Rwanda that need our help. And we can and we do have an opportunity to change the world, to solve a problem, to do good, and to love on people. So as you're packing today, as you're getting ready to go in to make a difference, just know it really does. And you go, well, how do you know that, Justin? One more reminder God gave us before we left. As we packed up into the van, you know, I had told some of the, you know, guys that were with us, I found something in one of these classrooms. I'm like, what would you find? Well, it was a poem written by one of the kids right here in this school. And the poem was about hunger. 
was about hunger being an enemy to us all, no matter where we're from. Well, that's why I love the Simple Church and that's why I love you, is because we want to eradicate that enemy. We want to solve the problem of hunger and we can do it. Thank you for helping, thank you for giving, because it really does make a difference. Thanks for packing today and let's keep doing good. Peace, so you didn't even get my peace out of there because I was winging it. Man, I told Caleb, I said, come over here, I gotta talk about this. Because I was still taken back in time to what God had done. We had no idea when we did our first food packing event years ago that that food was going to our kids. We had no idea of the impact that a lack of food had on kids until I found the poem. I'm going to put it on the screen for you, but this is the stuff that messed with me. I literally picked up a random kid's notebook and thumbed through it and saw the poem and asked him, could I have the book? I still keep the book with me because it was written, an enemy fighting every one of us. Everybody is scared of it. Look at the words. Listen to a child tell you about what hunger does to them. And then, when I saw them preparing the food that we had packed, and I saw your kids, kids, this is what I want you to draw in the boxes today. Take five minutes and go color a coloring sheet because it provides hope to a kid, knowing that some kids somewhere thought about them and prayed for them. Pray over boxes. If all the tables are full, which I think they're getting close to being full, or if they may all be full, take the time to let your kids see it. Maybe somebody rotates you and let you do a, a bag or two. Or maybe you could pray over a box. And don't get in such a rush to get the meal that this will be our second or third today. But that you would pause and go, kids, this is why. Go taste the food. We actually made the food for you. This, you can taste it over there. It's in the green life group tent. You go, well, what difference does it make? Well, when you have a kid writing a poem about hunger and then you realize that you can put a smile on a kid's face like this through a simple bag of food. Why wouldn't you? Takes money, absolutely. You can text to give. You can write a check. You can Venmo us. You can cash. I don't care what you do. But I surely hope that by the end of the day, we won't be sitting here going, I can't believe we didn't make our goal. I can't believe we didn't have $25,000. I pray that we do. Some of you go, I don't know if I can afford to do that. I'm just not sure I'm there. I get it, man. I'm not asking. But what's, what's a dollar? You ain't got a dollar? Let me show you some good news on that, though. Proverbs 19, 17. You ready? When you give to the poor, it's like lending it to the Lord. This is pretty good. And the Lord will pay you back. It ain't like me saying, hey, man, I'm going to get you back on the next one. This is God saying, hey, man, you give to me, I got you. So this is the challenge. Give today. And now the second point, I'm going to put it on the screen, is help us pack food today. The truth is, there may be some openings, there may be a little bit of way to you to get over there and do it, but what I really need you to do is pray over those boxes, color a box with a kid. We also have Operation Christmas Child boxes available, so you can go by and pick one up. Why? Because these are things your kids, you're in here together, have a family experience that sticks with them that lasts a lifetime. It's true, we'll be putting toys in. Go shopping with your kids and fill these boxes so that we can send them around the world. Spend a couple minutes and taste the food with your kids. And if you haven't picked up your FX box, we have food in your FX box so you can fix it as a family and eat it one night together. Why? Because those experiences are what burnt into a child's mind. And you as a family, we don't want it just to be the church. We want you to be able to do that. Now, if you don't know who we're partnering with this year or if you've never been able to see what goes on next door, and I'm hoping you'll go over there, I want you to see all the way from beginning to the end, why we do stuff like this today. Here's our partner, Kids Around the World. Watch. 
Now, if you're wondering why we changed from Numana to uh, Kids Around the World, it's because this partnership will take the food, not gambling, not hoping, not wishing, not praying. This food goes directly to our kids in Rwanda. So you're packing for our school kids, for your sponsored kids. All of this food will go directly to that country. And so I can't wait to get over there this next year and see it happening so we can come back and tell you more about that as well. But that's why we're partnering with them, a great organization uh, with some great, great people leading it, and we get to partner with them to make it happen. But let me tell you, we can't do it without you. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says it like this, two people are better than one because when two people work together, they get more done. We got a lot of work to get done. Right before I walked in here, we were at about 15,000 meals. We're going 80,000 meals. So guess what? You may have to work a little bit longer and actually miss part of your lunch. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But man, come on, help us out because every one of us can do something. Everybody can make a difference. Luke 3.11 says it like this. If you have two coats, he replied, great illustration, give one to the poor. We already know it's cold today, so we'll be working on that. We do coats for kids and all that stuff too. So absolutely, if you got your closet overrun, bring it. We'll figure that out in the next couple of weeks. It may be even going into Christmas. But here's the thing I want you to focus on today that you can do right now. If you have extra food, give it away to those who are hungry. The truth is, is you may not have extra food on you, but you got an extra dollar or two. So don't walk out of here missing that opportunity. Go to the app. You can do the QR code. You can give it in cash. You can, there's a tent out front. You can go shop at Do Good. You're getting ready for Christmas. Man, we're taking the proceeds and we're giving it to it. So go do a little shopping. Find a way to teach your kids of why this is so important. Now, if you need one more reminder, I got one more for you. Well, Justin, I just don't know if I'm really there yet. Okay, I got one more. Anybody seen the stock market lately? Yeah, one person, woo, you must be drunk today. Good morning, good morning. Because it ain't going well. Stock market is struggling. Because everybody's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my investment. I don't know what I'm going to do with retirement and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. Look at this though, First Timothy. Tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Well, that's pretty tough right there because we all are proud and we all trust in our money. But he's like, hey, and you go, well, I'm not rich. Compare yourself to those families in Africa. We're very rich. Other families around the world. Hey, well, he says, don't do that because your money soon will be gone because their pride and their trust should be in the living God who always gives richly to us. And he gives it to us for our enjoyment. So don't feel bad about the things you enjoy doing. It's gift, man, it's gifts. God gives it to you so you can enjoy it. So there's a lot of things you've enjoyed. And look at just so far what you've been able to enjoy this year. Man, you go to the football game or you go buy this gift or you get this outfit or all the blessings we've been able to have. God's allowed us to have those. And I'm thanking God for them. But let's read the rest of the verse. But then tell them to use their money to what? Everybody's like sleepy. I don't know. What does it say right here? Oh, that's where y'all get, man, it's in there a lot. You got these resources. Use your money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need. So listen, if you don't, if you're not happy about it, keep your money. If you can't go, man, I'm I'm excited about this. I'm telling you, don't give a dime, man. Because this is the whole thing. Always be ready to share with others whatever God has given to them. And why do I say that? Here's the part I've been waiting. Because by doing this, you're storing up real treasure in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. You think, well, I'm going to get in this thing and I'm going to get in that thing. I got one friend right now that got in the penny uh, stock market. Ask him how he's doing right now. It's not a very good investment. We're trying to figure it all out. But here's the good news. He's like, hey, you really want a good investment? 
Man, go ahead and put it into investing in feeding, investing in helping, investing in meeting the need of the overlooked and the forgotten. And not only will you have an eternity investment, you'll be living a fruitful Christian life here as well. Now, if you need one last video reminder, I'm glad you asked. Here are our kids, our people from Rwanda telling you why this matters. Why is food such a big deal? Here's some of the words that they associate with food. Watch. Food is energy in our daily life. Food brings hope in our life. Food is education. Food is justice. Food is love. Food is energy. Food is family. Food is happiness. Food is power. Food is leadership. Food is freedom. Food is from God. Food is jumping. Food is a gift. Food is a future. Food is an opportunity. And food makes you think. Food is dancing. Food is dancing. Food is dancing. Food is dancing. Food is essential to keep these kids learning and growing. Africa New Life is committed to walk alongside these kids and wants to make sure they get the best care and education possible. Marikozi Chani, thank you so much. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And let me tell you what you can do. I want you to get up when this service is over, and I want you to walk into Hall 2, and you can provide hope, and you can help them with this food. You can pick up your Operation Christmas Child box. That is over there. You can taste this food, and you can even sponsor a child. We were hoping to get to 100 last week. I think we got to a little over 60. There's still kids that need your help. If you've got the money and you have the heart to do that, please consider picking up a kid and continuing to sponsor. If you can give anything towards us packing the food today, it's much appreciated. I'm praying God does pay you back and that you realize the investment we're making in eternity. But I want to thank you for bringing your kids in here today. Because kids, when our parents sometimes struggle and me as an adult, when I don't always get it right, we're counting on you to continue to lead the church where it needs to go in the future. To follow what Jesus says in Matthew 25 and not just be a church that's about consuming, but that we would be about a Jesus that was giving, giving it all to do what he could to spread hope and encourage kids in a world that desperately need it. You and I have a chance to do it. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for them coming in today. I thank you for them watching online. I'm thankful for the ones that give, for the ones that sacrifice. Lord, help us as we make those you know, sacrifices as we give those gifts that you would bless them and that you would continue to help meet the needs of their family. Lord, we know that there are people in much worse situations than us. Help us to not overlook them. Help us to not ignore them. Help us, God, as families to care and to teach our kids to care, to teach our, teach our families to open our eyes to what's going on around the world because you, Jesus, came for this world and you called us to love this world, to be a light in this world. Help us to do that today in this event, Father. We love you and we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, and we thank you for the blessings we have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can I get an amen out there? Come on, y'all, come on. Make sure you go by there, see it, taste it, be a part of it, pick up your box, pray over the boxes, color the boxes. If you signed up, you better get over and start working. And if you've got a little extra time and you want to fit in somewhere, see if there's something you can do to help and be a part of it. Go shop at Do Good. Make sure you get uh, some gifts for Christmas as we're getting close. And guess what you get to do? All those proceeds help as well. So we love you. Until next week, what do we say? Peace. Thanks for coming. See you over next door. I've seen you too 